When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. So I am honored to be joined by fellow CLNS Media family member, Andrew Callahan. Andrew, how you doing after today, Bell? Doing well, man. I, I appreciate the kind words. It's good to be on with you. Obviously, Taylor knows ball. It's what everyone here knows. Uh, so it's good to be on and talk with someone who, you know, kind of sees the game in the same way. We're chatting the Green Bay, right? You know, certain out routes, different combinations, reads, and things like that. You can only tell so much, right, on first view. Right. That's why we always go back to the film. But, uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Appreciate you, man. So, had a literally a pretty big return today. Mike and Wendy was on the practice field. Obviously, we didn't see him participate, do anything crazy, but it was just good to see him out there with the guys because usually we don't see him in pads or anything like that. What are your thoughts on what this means for how soon he's going to be available? Do you think this is just the first step? And, you know, Belichick says you got to get calluses. You know, you got to really get some football under your belt before you can get onto the field. So is it too crazy to think, hey, maybe he could be available for the Eagles game? Or is this, like I said, just the first step in the process? I think it's fair to say the door is open. You know, how how far that door is open is a big question. And I think, honestly, Mike doesn't know. I don't think the training staff knows. You can have a timeline. But how does his body react after not engaging in football activities, you know, basically since January? So mm-hmm. he's still a young guy. He's obviously in his prime playing-wise and physically. Um, but it's TBD. I also would not put it past the Patriots to, you know, unveil Mike Unwenu, have him come out in pads, uh, you know, for reporters the last time we'll be out there and see him engage. But he was officially cleared from the PUP list. So at least he passed his physical. You know, what he does next, nobody knows. But, you know, there's certainly a chance he's back there week one. Absolutely. Another guy, kind of an odd injury situation a bit, Mario Douglas. We don't know why. But he hasn't participated the past couple of days in team drills either. Gone through individuals, warm-ups and everything, but nothing past that. Now, do you think maybe that's another strategic move? Maybe we've been talking too much about Demario Douglas. They're trying to dampen that a little bit. Or do you think maybe he's dealing with something and they're just trying to preserve him for week one because it seems like he's primed for a pretty big role early on? Yeah, I think they want to get the rookie as many reps as you can in practice. Like, we've seen mm-hmm. him actively being hidden in the preseason games, right, where he gets two yeah. touches, two catches uh, in Green Bay out of three snaps. And one of those was a screen where we've seen plenty of those, you know, plays where it's clearly designed for him as a shorter, quicker, more dynamic guy in space. But as far as practice, I think he's dinged up. I don't think it's too serious. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. him opening up on the upper fields. But he's, you know, I've called him a made guy. He's been a made guy for a week. He's not, you know, top of the tier where he can't lose his job like a Judon mm-hmm. uh, or, or players of that caliber. So I think he's probably dealing with something minor. Now, with Demario being out the past couple of days and Taekwon Thornton seems to be week to week with a shoulder injury, Kayshawn Booty has really been capitalizing on the opportunities he's gotten. Not only is he starting to mix in with Mac and get more reps there, we also saw him at Gunner. Saw him returning punts. He did muff one, but still, it seems like the team is looking for any reason to keep him on the squad. What are your impressions of the surge that he's been making recently and his shot at maybe being the sixth receiver on the uh, roster at the 53? Because it's unlikely Tyquan Thornton's going anywhere right now. Yeah, that's my feeling too. And I had him off of my roster projection a couple of days ago, but it is really impressive for this kid who in the first week of camp, you're going, I don't see anything that would you know, lead me to believe he'll make the team. Preseason opener was similar, same way, not that same burst. You know, what are his special skills? 
but he's a guy who's right now for my money, like a solid possession receiver, good body control, mm -hmm. plus hands. And he's building like this is where, you know, the calculus becomes, OK, what have you done? You know, through the entirety of camp, all the receptions we keep and the completion percentage and targets, yada, yada. Where are you trending? He is very much clearly getting better. Like he would be in your list mm -hmm. of top five guys over the last two weeks who have shown most improvement. And so that plays a lot for the Patriots who have kept guys in the roster who played well over the last two, three weeks at camp, even if they started poorly. Um, so that's something that I keep in mind. It might be swinging back towards Booty being that six receiver, but this is also flu season. Foxborough flu season. So whether mm -hmm. it's Taiwan goes on IR, maybe just for a couple of weeks after he makes the team or what it might be, um, that's TBD. But right now, look, I, I, I might be changing my mind. I just want to see it one more time Friday against Tennessee. Yeah, it was cool to see him put an exclamation point on these training camp practices because a lot of his work has been with Zappy. That's really been the main unit he's participating in, mixing in with Mac. But then we saw he caught a touchdown from Mac at the end of the two-minute drill. So, like you said, he's building, and now it's not just Bailey Zappy action. We're actually seeing it with that you know projected top unit, uh, as we kind of have to say. Now, another receiver who you know receiver maybe in the way he's been uh, used in camp, but really. I'd like to think of him as more of a quarterback, Malik Cunningham. Now, he had a really good performance against the Texans, I thought, when they actually put him under center. Showed a lot of poise. Obviously, the ball to uh, Trey Nixon that was dropped, but had really good touch on it. You saw the flashes, but since then, they haven't really used him as a quarterback. Yeah, in the option game, and you see him kind of using that dynamic skill set, but they're not really giving him any opportunities to throw. So what do you think of his ability to maybe make the squad? Do you think he's more of a practice squad guy? Because my take on it was, at this point, yeah, you, you had to drive against the Texans. But beyond that, he pretty much is what people knew he was coming out of college when he was undrafted. He's really athletic. He's great in space. You know, he can be a gadget guy for you in certain aspects. And they're trying to use him in other ways. But has he done enough to say, all right, we can't lose this guy? Or do you think he's kind of safe uh, in terms of them maybe being able to slide him on waivers? I think they'll be able to get him through waivers because the other part about this is if you're a team that claims him, you want Malik Cunningham, you were so blown away by not that one preseason game, not that one preseason mm -hmm. quarter. But as you said, it was just one drive. You have to not only keep him on your 53-man roster right away, he needs to stay there for at least three weeks. So how many teams, when they look at their talent at receiver or quarterback, go, that's a guy we can plug in. Mind you, we haven't had him in our building. He doesn't know our offense. He's a rookie on top of that. I don't think any teams are going to say that. I could very well be wrong. Maybe teams that were you know, trying to outbid the Patriots when they made him the highest paid undrafted rookie in franchise history when he signed that contract. Um, but ultimately, I think he does get through. Part of it is the way they've managed him in the preseason, aside from that one, that one uh, game. But the bigger part to me, because we still see him. We saw him today. He took two reps and team drills and then worked with some more scout team. I think a lot of what he's doing now is to prep them for Jalen Hurts week one and other quarterbacks mm -hmm. going to be involved in that run game because it's just not anything you can just drop with one week of preparation or a week and a half going into the opener. This has been a long play, a long game, and to see at the same time what they have in the league. Yep. So another guy, receiver, but kind of does a little bit of everything in their offense, Ty Montgomery. Now, he's been there the past couple of days, but we really didn't see him after the first week when he got banged up going up against Therese Hall. I had a lot of trouble with what to do with him on my roster projection because you think he's probably going to be a running back. They've got enough receivers. We just talked about how, uh, I'm sorry, Kayshawn Booty has been fighting for a roster spot, and he's looked really good. Do you think Ty Montgomery has a legitimate chance to make this roster, and how do you think he's actually going to be used? Because he's been warming up with receivers, you know, uh, going through drills where it seems like he's trying to get off the line of scrimmage. Like, what's what's the deal there? 
So Ty Montgomery is a classic case of a player. You could probably put Miles Bryant in this category too, Jelani Tavai. The Patriots like him more than you do, okay? And I, mm-hmm. I don't mind Ty Montgomery. I like Miles Bryant. I think Tavai is a perfectly serviceable player. Uh, I'm not high on any of them as the Patriots seem to be, but they are. And so when we do the roster projections, it's not what they can or can't do or what you would do. It's what would the New England Patriots do on Tuesday when they need to make these decisions? And I look at Ty Montgomery as someone that they trust offensively. This is a guy in his mm-hmm. first season was their third down back last year, maybe by default because James White got hurt and had to retire. But he was there. That means I know the playbook. That means they trust him to protect the quarterback and run some routes, which he did catching their only touchdown pass. So the other part about Montgomery is he'll play on special teams when he's healthy as a core guy. Yeah. And I think that was his role initially projected last year until he became their best available third down back. And right now when it's Ramondre and it's Zeke, and he doesn't have a whole lot of explosion. This is not the guy who's returning. Mm-hmm. Six right. Day, hasn't had 200 offensive yards since 2018, but it's someone that they like, and it's more than the rest of us. And that's why I think he's going to be on the roster because he was in there for a couple of rap, uh, reps of, of, of team drills today, which says yeah. he's just about back. Yeah, this so that's immediately one that I got wrong at my rough projection, most likely why I try to consult people who are smarter than we'll me see. because hey, we'll see. But I trust you at the end of the day, you know, you can think it's not always performance based, it's contracts, it's how they feel about them internally. So that's a really great point. Now, the tight end situation, another one where I'm not really sure what to glean from there because we saw Anthony Ferkser had a great rep against Jabril Peppers where he split out as the isolated wide receiver and actually smokes Peppers off the line, gets wide open for a completion of Mac, one of the better reps I thought of practice. But we've also seen Matt Sokol. Yeah, he's been their best blocker, but he's had a few flashes as a receiver where you say, okay, if we throw him a ball, you know, if we put him on the field in some capacity, he's probably going to be pretty serviceable. Do you think either of those guys has a chance to make the roster behind a Hunter Henry and a Matt Sokol? Or do you think there may be practice squad guys who are top elevation candidates depending on the game plan. First, I would just love to record that clip, um, if we can do this, and play it for Jabril Peppers in the locker room and see the kind of smack talk that we know Jabril Peppers can talk. Not, I'm <laughs> a rookie, man. I don't know if I can emotionally yeah, handle that, Jabril that, Peppers' smack talk. I'm just to light you up, but we know Pep has got a mouth on him, and I just would love to know the words that he would spew because he just never – I don't think he stopped talking since Green Bay. He goes, not, <laughs> not to scare you. I just think it would be funny, Jabril Peppers, very talented trash talker. But you're right, first of all. He did make that catch, make that route, great release, got open and free. I like Ferkser personally a little bit better than Matt Sokol. If you're going to mm-hmm. be the third tight end, good blocker. I haven't seen that consistently enough. Like there were blocks in Green Bay in the preseason game I, I was underwhelmed by. You know, who am I to say Matt Sokol? But you want to go through his career. Like this is who he is, a number three or number four tight end. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I think both get cut. And I think they are both signed or one of them is signed to the practice squad because I don't think anyone is going to claim them based on that preseason tape. Berkshire was a late addition. I think he signed in May. So that tells you what the larger league thinks of these players. And so for the Patriots, we go, okay, we can get Kayshawn Booty and Tyquan Thornton, put, you know, Thornton on IR maybe, but at least get the six receivers and protect the guys we want and then bring back the veteran tight ends and promote them and elevate them if Kasicki's not ready week one from the practice squad. Because I think ultimately, I don't know who you're competing with for their services. Maybe someone surprises, uh, but I, I think they'll be able to sneak them through, through waivers. Football season's about to kick off, and FanDuel's giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can choose your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. 
Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gamblinghelpma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So we mentioned Mike and Winu earlier. Kind of going to go back to the trenches here because the right side of the line, we have an idea of what they're thinking. Riley Reef has been at right guard for the past couple weeks. But now that when he was back, we still saw Reef at guard, City so next to him. Understanding of that is, or my interpretation of that is, it seems like Anwenu may finally be getting those tackle reps that everyone's been pining for. Now, admittedly, that's not where he's best. And I do think there's a fair reason that Belichick has been saying, no, he's a guard. We're going to use him as a guard. But they don't have an Isaiah Wynn who they can trust, or even like a Marcus Cannon who they had some faith in last year where you can say, all right, this is someone who's played tackle in our system. We know they can do it. Riley Reef, he's getting older in age. Obviously, probably a better fit at the guard spot because he has less mobility and city. So yeah, he's athletic, he's physical, he's talented, but he doesn't look very comfortable out there for the most part. We also saw Bill Murray, who's mostly a guard has the athleticism as we've seen to not just play offensive tackle as he did uh, the other night, but he also played on the defensive side of the ball. So there's, you know, some interesting things going on there, but do you think that what we've been seeing means that on is going to end up being a tackle, or do you think there's going to be another shuffle? And this is just one of those things where, yeah, the Patriots are kind of just going to keep plugging in pieces in different spots and see what works until, you know, around Thanksgiving and see what clicks. So I, I think it's way too early to make a call on on mm-hmm. and where he's going to be. I mean, he wasn't in those team drills today. That would have told us definitively, okay, where do they see him? And, and we've been asking Bill about on at right tackle, who did play well his rookie year. But I think the things that he had trouble with are not things he's really going to overcome, namely mm-hmm. foot speed on the outside, like excellent run blocker. And that's partly what makes him a great right guard. But in space or when they have to slide protection left and he's left isolated, you know, on that right side, it's going to be an issue. I think teams will pick on that with, with particular players. So the reef thing is weird, though. Like, none of this has to make sense to all of us on the outside because if inside the Patriots are just going, hey, we'll experiment with this, see how it goes, something Belichick says all the time, Mm. then we're waiting like they are to find out what's actually going on. Reef, to me, I think is just kind of plugging a hole right now at right guard because City Sound needs the time. He needs the reps to figure it out at right tackle. And that seems to be the plan with him, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's been a tackle, he's stayed a tackle, and I don't think they need him at guard where Mafia is starting on the opposite side. So – Reef, I think, is a placeholder. I think they trust him enough at tackle. Maybe they don't, but they're still figuring things out until one who can get there. And right now, I think the five that we've seen in practice from left to right, Trent Brown, Tony Omafi, David Andrews, Riley Reef, and City Sal, if you're playing a game next week uh, or maybe the week after, that's the five that you're getting as you still wait for Cole Strange and, and uh, Michael Wenu, who hopefully are back. Yeah. I hope, hope those guys are healthy, but I, I think that's the plan is just to plug a hole and make sure Sal's not totally out of water with a guy who at least knows what he's doing there at right guard. Mm. Switching to the other side of the ball. We saw Christian Gonzalez. Seemed like he got banged up at the end of practice. He did join the huddle afterwards. I don't think he had a noticeable limp or anything, so we're hoping that that's going to work itself out. What have your impressions been from him throughout camp? Like, we saw him struggle with deep passes against Devontae Parker back when they were on the upper fields and there was more things open to the public. We heard Mike Pellegrino say, you know, those are learning experiences. It's great for him to get those reps. Devontae Parker's talking to him and all those things. But we've also seen the past couple of days, Thyrick Pitts actually has gotten the better of him a couple of times on similar types of passes. Obviously, he's a young guy. There's a lot of things he's going to have to iron out. But in terms of his the breadth of the uh, body of work we've seen from him so far, including even preseason games, what do you think are the realistic expectations for him heading into week one and maybe especially for the early part of the season? 
So it's a really good question because, you know, Christian Gonzalez might be the victim of the own expectations. So first of all, we said we're responsible for our mm-hmm. reporting, but that's based on what we saw in the spring and then saw the first week of camp where I'm looking at him going, he's one of the best players on the field. Now, what do those practices in the spring and the first week of camp have in common? They're not padded. Okay. Everything from here on out is padded. Everything counts all these, all these regular season games. So for him, I think it is an adjustment to the physicality. And I don't say that in a way that I think he's soft or can't be there mentally. Like some of these always anonymous scouts are throwing out there, very talented player, but the expectation that he'll come in and be sauce Gardner, who's going to come in and kick your ass from week one on and, and going to be an all pro possibly this season. I don't think that's realistic mm-hmm. because I think there were different prospects to begin with. I think the performance has been such that we talked about Kayshawn Booty has been, you know, on his way up trending. Christian Gonzalez hasn't been nosediving, mm-hmm. but I think it's been, you know, kind of like an EKG, you know, up and down, up and down. And so he needs to find his consistency. I think the role is there outside starting perimeter quarterback, uh, cornerback. But beyond that, we'll see. I, I think these have been growing pains and there are probably some more to come. I'm interested to hear what you think about Sean Wade. Because I think it's really interesting how many reps he's gotten in the slot. Really popped on my radar when we saw him against John Mechie. I thought live. I was like, all right, like he's looking pretty good. Look at the tape. He's really not giving up a whole lot of space. Now, again, I think he's smart enough and he has experience in the slot where he pretty much knew, like, yeah, I'm defending crossing routes. Like, this is this is a, um, a Nick Casario kind of organization where we know what these slot guys like to do, especially in the modern NFL. It's one of the hardest routes to defend. But he was still right on his hip. Last week, we saw him give up a touchdown to Jaden Reed, which honestly, I thought it was a combination of there was a lot of time that Jordan Love had. I thought that he thought he was in good position and Love just delivered a great ball. But overall, I think he's been really good in that role. Do you think he's got his shot at the 53, at the very least the practice squad? And can he actually be a part of that rotation in the slot? Again, kind of tough because we haven't seen Jonathan Jones and Miles Bryant seems like their top guy where, you know, if it's not pass first – he's going to be the guy that they want in there because of how reliable he is. So what do you think Sean Wade's role could potentially be for the defense this season? First of all, I like Sean Wade a lot. Mm -hmm. And I I say that as someone, you know, just like you're watching every practice, charting all the pass breakups. Like he had a string probably of maybe seven pass breakups in the last 10 practices or something close to that. And it's more than everyone else on the team. And you only do that, you know, partly if you're being targeted, right? Like Mm -hmm. Isaiah Bolden is somewhere up there before his obvious injury. Uh, but that was a case of he was just getting picked on like he was at Green Bay, enjoyed practices in the game. And so inevitably you're going to get one or two. Mm. Sean Wade's rate of pass breakups to target much higher, much better. Uh, and the way he also played safety against Houston yep. was encouraging. But all that said, the way I look about him and his chances of making the roster, I think are probably directly tied to whatever Jack Jones' situation is. If Jack Jones is sidelined by the league, suspended, or put on the commissioner's exemplars. I think that creates an open roster spot for mm. Sean Wade. Uh, for all the reasons we just said. But when you go down, Christian Gonzalez, Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Miles Bryant, you know, a mere speed maybe is kind of a core special teamer. You're at least at five corners right there. And you really don't want to carry more than that, especially if you're going to do uh, six wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of who's that 54th guy. I think it is Sean Wade. He'll have competition. He's been impressive. I'm glad for him. I mean, they traded for him two years ago. This is like the first time we're seriously talking about him since then. Yep. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Okay, so a couple of guys, you mentioned Amir Speed. I want to be sensitive to the Isaiah Bolden topic for obvious reasons, but I'm curious what your take on it because I really don't know much more than what we saw in the field and what we've been hearing uh, openly from the team. Do you? I already kind of thought that Isaiah Bolden was more of a project. He was getting a lot of those top reps after Jack Jones, so it seemed like, okay, maybe you know if Jack Jones isn't available, it's going to be Isaiah Bolden, and he's shown plenty of flashes. But I also thought even in his last game against the Packers, you were seeing that he still needs to cook a little bit because it doesn't seem like he's trusting what he's seeing necessarily where he's in position, and you know he's got the instincts to make some of these plays, but he's a tick late, and he's not really uh, capitalizing on those opportunities. Do you think maybe we see Isaiah Bolden end up on injured reserve? Obviously, make sure he's totally okay health-wise, giving the time to grow, be in the system, and learn. And do you think maybe Amir Speed, obviously more of a special teamer, but a guy with a similar physical skill set in terms of height, weight, speed, checks all the boxes, and also has some versatility. We've seen him cover tight ends man-to-man. So what do you think the situation is with the two late-round corners? Yeah, I think between the two, Speed is a better chance, you know, it's partly tied to health, obviously, of making the team mm-hmm. based on his special team's contributions. Belichick called him yesterday a developmental player, which is, you know, it's like a backhanded compliment. Uh, <laughs> but that, that's what he is. And you know what, for me, like, he's an older player. I don't know how much development there is left for a guy who couldn't crack Georgia's defense. Granted, of all the defenses to crack in college football, it's probably the most difficult. Um, so he went to Michigan State, started for a year, but that's all we have for him on defense. And so you see the mm-hmm. literal speed, uh, but that's about it. As far as Bolden goes, I think he's also a player, like you mentioned, who's just raw, you know, and, and is another yeah. developmental player. He only started for one season at Jackson State, and you see 6'2", and he runs a 4'3", and all that ability. But there's a lot more reps he needs to get in before you say, okay, we're going to count on you as a fourth or fifth corner who's an injury and or a suspension away from having to play, you know, real minutes here. So mm-hmm. I think both, of the, you know, I, right now I have speed on the roster. That could change, of course. Uh, I don't know who claims them if they don't, but – for Bolden, I, I think he will either make the 53, then go on IR, as you described. But all signs I've heard, and I talked to Calvin Munson actually today for a story coming up, uh, Bolden continues to do much better. And so everyone's relieved about that. Awesome. Does it mean Fantastic. he makes a team? I don't think so. But um, mm. you know, they're happy with what they have, understanding he's a seventh-round pick in developmental mm. prospect, and he's still developing. Yeah. Funny you mentioned Calvin Munson. He's one of the next guys I wanted to talk about because really this is going to be me getting your take on a lot of the <laughs> double guys I had for my roster projection. So I'm just going to shamelessly plug that. But um, so with we obviously Juwan Bentley, he's going to be around like one of their better players. Jelani Tavai seems like he's pretty safe. He's a guy who seems like he's gotten better in their system every year. Chris Board, good special teamer. I think he's been pretty solid in the limited special teams reps. He's, I mean, sorry, defensive reps he's gotten in preseason. But then it's kind of like, all right, what's going on behind him? Also, Marte Mapu, but I think of him as a safety. Then it's Calvin Munson, and it feels like Mac Wilson, who are really fighting for one of those backup linebacker jobs. Now, Mac Wilson, I think you can see the added weight some of the time when he's at the point of attack. Like, I thought he shed blocks better than he was last year, where I thought, like, if a lineman got his hands on him, it's pretty much game over. But you still see those issues with recognition, where if you have any sort of misdirection or, you know, a boot fake, he's going to end up in the same spot as another defender, and it just doesn't look really good. Then Calvin Munson, not the same athletic profile – but I think, especially when you lose a Raekwon McMillan, who is great athletically, but also gives you that downhill presence, I think Munson can give them that, but also a lot of special teams contributions. I saw you and Doug mentioned, like, based on how he was used against the Packers, this looks like a guy who could stick around. And I was saying um, earlier in training camp, 
he's getting more reps with the first team than I would think when the Calvin was signed. I kind of thought, all right, camp body. But he seems like someone they really do have in their plans. So do you see one, both, or neither of those guys actually cracking the roster? And what do you think the outcome is going to be, uh, whether they're even on the practice squad? So Wilson's interesting because I watched him take, you know, first team reps early in camp. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They seem to be really, really happy with him. This was a guy that reportedly expected to be on the way out at the end of last season. I think was disappointed when he was benched for all the reasons you just mentioned, you know, against Baltimore where he's looking wherever the ball isn't against Lamar Jackson. Granted, very difficult assignment defending Lamar Jackson in the quarterback run game. But then in Green Bay after two series because he just keeps biting and his eyes are in the wrong place. So that talent is still there. I just wonder what their patience is, their either patience is when you have rock solid, steady players like Calvin Munson, who is less so than a Bentley or Tavai. Do you want a different flavor in Mac Wilson? Even there, there's a little bit more risk, or go to the guy who's been on all four of your your special teams, which is why this matters. Like the preseason might be bore, you know, even those of us who who watch this professionally. Uh, to death, but it's important because that tells you guys who are going to make the 52nd or 53rd spot in the roster. And I have Calvin Munson on. I know Phil Perry does too, and some other people don't. You do too? I- I'm in. On oh, Calvin. yeah. So I-, I think he's there. I think he's the reason that Demarcus Mitchell, honestly, is not here anymore because he fills that mm, spot. Interesting. Defense. Um, and so that that's where I'm at. You know, could that change? Absolutely. I would still be surprised if they don't keep Mac Wilson, but if He's on the street. Calvin Munson's definitely here. And I think right now both of them could be on the team. Last one I got for you. The interior defensive line. It kind of hurts when Marquand McCall isn't going to be on the team. I really had high hopes for him. I thought kind of signaled that Carl Davis might be out the door because it seems like they got a couple of those nose tackle types. But I'm really intrigued by one Jeremiah Farms. I do think he's a practice squad guy, but I think he's really shown well throughout the preseason as a two-gapper, you know, even as a pass rusher and looping and things like that. I've liked what I've seen from him. Also, Sam Roberts obviously had the bonehead penalty. I don't know how they feel about that in the building, whether that's like, all right, as a guy who's kind of at the bottom of the roster, can't be doing stuff like that. But I think in both of the preseason games, he's really stood out as the way I see it is like a run-stopping Dietrich Wise, where Wise is really on the field to be a pass rusher who can hold his own against the run against most competition, but he also can be a defensive end in odd fronts. He can be an edge defender in four-man fronts, even an outside linebacker in certain packages. I feel like that's a really similar thing with Sam Roberts. And again, he's performed well. Where do you think those guys fall when it comes to cut day? Do you think Sam Roberts could make the roster? I personally got him on because I one his contract is pretty good as a sixth round pick, and also just I think after the tape he's put on, a team might try to snatch him. And Jeremiah Farms, do you think he's someone who could not just be a practice squad guy this season, but maybe even get elevated in some game plans and even maybe take a spot from somebody like a Carl Davis? I think Farms, if he gets elevated, you have a lot of injuries up front. <laughs> like this is a guy they've been fair, trying on offense fair. at the same time. You know, and mm-hmm. I, the thing about love about Jeremiah Farms is he's got an incredible story, you know, to get your small college, everything that's gone on. The dude doesn't wear gloves. There's no tape. It's just bare hands <laughs> and he's coming to grab you and move wherever he likes. But the fact that he's played both offensive and defensive line here for me tells you not only just developmental guy, uh, but someone that they see as a practice squad player. And he's rep with the, the scout team mm-hmm. defense, and it's good for him to have that good preseason tape. But I just don't see any ceiling here or pathway to playing time unless, again, there are a bunch of injuries. Roberts is a different case. Roberts had an exceptional game, I think, against the Texans. Uh, it wasn't only, though, that he had the two penalties against Green Bay. I think there was some uneven run defense. But as far as, like you mentioned, you know, a run-stopping five technique, I think that's a really good home for him. And then you might experiment with him kicking inside and passing downs and rushing. You know, he's got a couple different tools in his box, and he tests pretty well. Another, you know, late-round small school guy. I, I could go either way in him. 
and, and he was among my you know bubble boys in my last projection on Pat's interference. And I think I had him out, but like that that surprised me when I got down to it and had to pick between you know him, Munson, and Mir Speed, and a couple other guys. So they're all in the conversation. I think Roberts needs to continue to play, but I'll just say it: he he was working with the quote unquote starting defense today. So that's yeah. encouraging as much as anything mm-hmm. today. I think if you made the team last year and if you showed improvement. You know, that, it's as much as you can ask from a player like him. And I think it probably shows the standing within the coaching staff that he could be making the team again. That's why I like talking to people smarter than me, because I feel like every year I fall in love with somebody who I'm enamored with. And then I talk to somebody else. And they're like, yeah, he's good, but he's probably not, you know, a starting level player. And I just, you know, I'm blinded. Yeah. everybody but uh yeah i appreciate your time brother so much i think this community is pretty familiar with you but i give everybody the floor to plug themselves away so feel free where can the people find you sure you got it man yeah everything's on twitter at underscore uh andrew callahan boston herald if you still pick up a newspaper in 2023 thank you god bless uh if not bostonherald.com and then uh the pats interference podcast will be coming on at some point if you can make the time for me it'd be great to have you I would love to, man. Thank you so much for being on. Once again, really appreciate you. Thank you all for watching. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We will see you next time.